Welcome to Manager Tools. The Manager Tools one-page performance review. Part two. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. What is the Manager Tools recommended performance review format? How do I fill out a Manager Tools performance review form? What information is it important to have on a performance review form? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. If you're a manager, you need Roadmap. All licensees of Manager Tools have access to Roadmap, an app on your phone that guides you through every step of the Trinity rollout process, no more annoying emails, and allows you to monitor and measure your implementation of one-on-ones and feedback, and soon coaching and delegation. Few clicks every day, everything you need to know about rolling out the Trinity and becoming a more effective manager. Now that people understand the history of performance reviews and what the problem with them is, right? How the history got contorted into something that is not useful for most folks. But assuming you're doing performance reviews, let's talk about how we do them at Manager Tools. And the first part of it is, it's not 10 pages, it's not three, it's one page. Yeah, a one-page performance review is completely sufficient for the use of performance review data, for the capture of performance review data that will help the organization and yet still be useful to the direct. And of course, now we're essentially playing both sides of the, of the fence here. We're doing the systemic uh, succession planning communication upward, uh, and we're using this to be clear with our direct about the sum total of all of their feedback over the course of the year and coaching and so on. And one page is completely sufficient. You'll see that when you read Patton's review of Bradley, I can think of several famous executives who who would absolutely lobby and say these 12-page forms with five different systems and, you know, bell curves and and rankings and so on, waste of time, Uh, won't matter. So let's start with the form. You can make a one-page performance review page easily yourself. And again, if you're a licensee, we've already done it for you. You can download the doc and the PDF. PDF would be great if you just wanted to handwrite notes on it, which we'll talk about. If you have a doc format, you can edit it to your heart's content. All you need is a letter-sized piece of paper. You're welcome to use A4 paper if you like. You're going to use it in portrait mode. That means eight and a half wide by 11 long for regular American-sized pieces of paper. I want you to draw a horizontal line all the way across the page, about halfway down the page, about, what, two, two and a half inches down the page. Above that line go two things, your administrative details and your key message. Now, draw another horizontal line parallel to that one, three quarters of the way down the page, so two to two and a half inches from the bottom of the page. Below that is your guidance for the following year. Now, in the middle section between the two horizontal lines, I want you to draw a vertical line down the middle of the page equidistant from the two edges. So basically what you've drawn is three lines, two parallel to one another and perpendicular to the third one, and it makes a giant eye on the page itself. Successes go on the left of the vertical line and below the top line that you drew, and opportunities go on the right of the line and below the line on the top. So basically, you've got a paper with four sections on it. Administration, and key message on the top, successes on the left half in the middle third of the page, roughly, 
opportunities on the right half and the middle third, and then the future next year generally at the bottom. The reason we can do a one-page performance review template is that an effective manager is already doing what he's supposed to be doing or what she's supposed to be doing by giving frequent behavior-based feedback throughout the year. Your direct already knows how they did if you've been doing your job. They know how you've been measuring their performance. You won't be able to surprise them. So a short and direct performance review gives the organization everything it needs, doesn't burden the manager, and the direct gets to see how the manager is communicating with the organization. By the same token, if you've done your job, you don't need to overload the performance review with all kinds of details because you will have already communicated that to the individual and the organization won't be able to process it. So if you decide to type the form because you want it to be neat and impress your boss, fine, go ahead and do so. But if you're trying to use 12-point type and fill up the page, you're way off base. You're trying to put way too much detail on there. Imagine your boss's boss looking at that performance review. It would be too much. It just just grays out because they've got two or 300 people at your direct's level that they need to think about. You filling up an entire sheet of paper with something that happened on one day six months ago is a waste, which leads us to our next point, handwritten. I got to tell you, it's been my experience that the online performance review forms that I've seen and essentially benefit from the whole digital capture thing, and what they do is simply ask for more information. And I have to tell you, I've sit in a lot of meetings, and I'm the one that says, where's the performance reviews, and how have we parsed these, and how have we compared them, and where are the themes, and so on. And the data that managers agonize over where so much of the politics makes such a difference in terms of what rating somebody gets and so on isn't reviewed significantly. In fact, the knock on Jack Welch, which is completely false, by the way, about forced ranking, was that you know you needed to force people into the bell curve, which is funny because all data falls into a bell curve. There are exceptions. Basically, they said, oh, look, you got A, B, and C players, and you have to kind of fit people into those those categories, when in fact, in most cases, most people fit into those categories. And even if you believe that no person can be categorized that way, or to use a, a classic HR trigger word, labeled, the organization's efforts in the marketplace are still labeled as good or bad or worthy of of additional profit or not. And so having some sort of system that overlays things is is absolutely reasonable to do. Many, many successful companies have done very, very well with those kinds of things. It may have been taken too far in the last 25 years, but essentially a one-page performance review that is handwritten and all you have to do is take a picture of it with your phone and upload it digitally in anybody's system. That's all you need. The idea that you have to fill out 17 questions about the company's core values for each one of your directs, ranking them on a scale of one to five, hopefully it's a one to five, it's a Likert scale for which we have lots of data. If you start getting a one to seven score, or one to 13 or something like that, somebody's not going to have a body of data to know how things tend to happen when that scaling system is used. But regardless, I digress. Look, you can handwrite it. You'll need to write neatly. 
But reviews are generally reviewed by a senior person or an HR person as an entire document, as opposed to being overlaid with all kinds of relative performance means and medians and then you being dissected against those. So the digital photo that you're going to take of your handwritten review is roughly as good as the digital system you've been entering data into, if the data is not being parsed and used to make, if you'll pardon the word, discriminatory decisions about who gets what. And if you like, you can type it too. I can type probably faster than I can handwrite legibly nowadays. And guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not against the digital collection of performance review data. Not. It makes it easier to enter the data. It makes it easier to save progress. It makes it easier to submit it. It makes it easier to get reporting about who hasn't done it. it makes it easier to make sure that everybody fills in everything because the system essentially checks and says, hey, you can't go forward until you answer question 13, and so on. Unfortunately, if you make a manager spend an hour and a half on a performance review system, which he or she knows deep down in their hearts, they have no credibility to deliver because they haven't been doing their job of giving performance communications on a frequent basis on the day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. They're going to fudge the system enormously and, and try to generalize things because they don't want to be held accountable for poor choices about who was better and who wasn't, as opposed to just who I liked and who I didn't. And that said, I will say, We've got a form for you, and that's what this cast is about, but it's never the form. Do not change your form because you're listening to this cast because you think the form will change your system. It's never the form. It's always the behavior. The system is probably broken. If the system's broken, the form's going to be broken. If you fix the form, you're not fixing the system. It's just an artifact of it. What matters is the behavior. If you're going to fix something, fix feedback and one-on-ones. And let me just mention one, one more thing, that essentially this form becomes enormously easy if you followed our previous guidance, which is probably in my top 10 favorite tasks. We have guidance on preparing, on writing, and delivering performance reviews, and you're going you're gonna to hear it mentioned as we go forward talking about the, the one-pager. Okay, so on this form, below some fairly uh, important but easy to enter information like the direct's name, your name, a date. Okay, but below that is something called the key message. Sounds kind of critical. It's called key. So maybe we ought to talk about that. Yeah, it's a sentence basically which describes how the person did over the course of the year. And it basically serves two purposes. It forces you to create a concise description summarizing everything. And second, it gives the direct something to hang on to that they can focus on rather than the 13 or 14 or 18 things they're going to talk about in the stressful environment that exists during a performance review. You mean they won't be able to keep those 17, 18 things in their head during the... Even if we hand them to them? No, they won't. What they're going to remember is whether they got a raise or not, and if so, how much it is. You know, somebody will say how it goes, and the guy will say 2%, right? You spend an hour with somebody, and it boils down to, I got this much raise. Most directs can't really cope with a long list of review items. And they're saying, mm-hmm, 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 particularly if you're going to tell me what my new salary is going to be at the end of the performance review system. And so a key message forces you to include those things which are really important so your direct really gets the message. So how does that fit? On the review form, above that first horizontal line, you write their name. So it would be, I would write Sarah Sintis, uh, Annual Performance Review 2017. 
delivered by Mark Horseman, date, and then method of delivery. So I would probably, in Sarah's case, put a delivered telephonically, okay, versus face-to-face. And underneath that basic administration, which is basically the heading for the document, I'm going to write my key message. And when Sarah, as my direct, reads her review for the first time, she'll be able to get that message quickly. I will come back to that message repeatedly when I deliver the, the performance review. And that will inform her understanding of the rest of the form. Pretty simple. Okay. Now there's a vertical line below that, right? Yeah. On one side, successes. Left side, successes. On right hand side is opportunities, right? Yeah. It's okay. So successes. Yeah, not hard. List of things you're directed well. Particularly good sales. Successful projects. Improvements in quality, quantity, accuracy, timeliness, documentation of their work product. Pretty standard behavioral work product stuff. Meeting or exceeding standards in any of those areas. Those are the things that you're going to encourage your direct to do again next time. And so, therefore, you want to list them as successes this time. And measurements are good, right? Numbers, improvement, percentages, that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, what this does is reinforce our guidance to managers all over the world when we're talking about results and retention. Most managers, in my experience, cannot list out what their quantitative measures are for the course of the year. And your boss, your director, your VP owes you that. If your director or your VP hasn't told you those things, they're not doing their job. Please don't go to your boss. Give them some feedback. Horseman says you should do this for me. No, don't do that. And if you can't do this right now, we listen to this podcast, whenever time of the year it is for you, you need to start doing the hard work of rebuilding the basic stuff of these are your goals for the year. And then, oh, by the way, I'm going to build a relationship with you so that I can talk to you on a daily basis about your performance. Okay. So let's talk about the right-hand side. Um, And I love the fact, a lot of folks would say, well, the opposite of success is failures, right? So successes and failures. That's not right, right? And and nobody wants to hear about failures. But regardless of how successful we, we are, we all have opportunities. And so we label it opportunities. Yeah. If somebody chose to put successes and failures or wins and losses or something, I really wouldn't worry about that too terribly much. But I am sensitive to the word failures. I'm sensitive to be talking to an audience where I know there are a lot of people who are. And the idea of failure coming up in the course of a performance review is words that are weighty with nothing but trouble. Okay, so opportunities are the opposite of successes, right? List performance areas that you want your direct to improve in for next year. Missed goals, relationship difficulties. And I'm talking about professional relationships here, folks. If they were late, if they were over budget, if they had out of scope projects, failures to meet their standards in quality, quantity, accuracy, timeliness, documentation, communication mistakes, failures, Lack of foresight, lack of planning, timeliness. I mean, it could be anything. Don't be afraid to be specific about what success would have looked like. In other words, this is different than delivering negative feedback where we're just pointing out that we want new behavior in the future. If there's a better way for somebody, they made a mistake during the year, it's okay to say, you know, I need this next time this way. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. There is not a precise structure to the bullets, and that's all it's going to be is a series of bullets. There's no precise structure 
to the bullets. If you're looking for one on the success side, go back to our guidance about how to create resume accomplishment bullets. There's an actual meter and, and order of the verbs and nouns and adverbs and adjectives that we recommend. That would make it super easy. But this is not a resume, so be careful. Okay. And then the last section, guidance for next year. Yeah. Right? You're just in here. You're just capturing behaviors you want to see next year in the new year. Yeah. Certainly, it's possible that items you mentioned and opportunities would be candidates for consideration down here, need some development in this area. A sales representative who fails to meet her numbers needs meet your numbers in her guidance section for the next year. Behaviors where lack of improvement would lead to sanctions, and by sanctions, as an example, termination is the ultimate sanction. That's got to be captured here. And this is just not things that need to improve on, right? This could be new things, completely new things. Look, you could also say for somebody who achieved their sales number, meet your number again next year. And if you know what the number is, tell them what the number is now. Yeah, so it can contain stuff that you want the direct to take on in the new year. And it doesn't have to be detailed and specific. You don't have to have come up with the project plan delivery timeline in order to mention it here. The direct won't likely remember all that stuff in the review anyway. And you're going to have time to discuss them over the coming weeks and months. It could be something like support new customer X or increase customer service time, meaning spending more time on customer service stuff, not slowing down customer service. More of X, less of Y. And then over the course of the next few weeks, work on what the metrics are. In other words, you don't have to have the metrics and the goal already set. You can give guidance about the next year with an understanding that you're going to work out what those measures and goals are going to be. And look, professional development areas that may be unrelated to organizational goals would also go here. Hypothetically, your boss doesn't care that one of your directs wants to learn Spanish, but if you can help them learn Spanish, there would be nothing wrong with putting it on here. I mean, it's really pretty simple. Successful completion of Project Manhattan would suffice in this paragraph as long as it was clear to both of you that the definition of success for that project is going to be decided upon in the near-term future. It's not rocket science. That's the whole value of having a one-pager. A lot of times, I think, when managers are told there's a new system and they don't know how many pages they're filling out, they don't know how much to put on each page because they don't know whether in the later systems that is going to be an area where they get to talk about something or they only get to write something quantitatively versus qualitatively. I always was frustrated by systems that the quantitative was not clear how it related to the qualitative, and I couldn't figure out what things I wanted to highlight where until I got done. I didn't like that part. That's pretty simple. Yeah, it's a one-pager. Why wouldn't it be? And it's designed for succession planning. And the director already knows all this stuff, so it's not like you need chapter and verse. Look, we don't want to surprise our directs. If you're doing your job during the year, you'll have talked about how things went or didn't go. <laughs> the review is to talk about the overarching theme that ties everything together and also give them some guidance for next year as soon as you can. And the one-page template is more than adequate to have a good review, and it gives your direct a chance to really understand what you want. All right, my friend. Enjoyed it. Thanks, partner. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.